Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse 17. passage we're looking at today, Jesus tells us that it is the servant who will be the greatest. He's already told that, told us that in other passages leading up to this, but also we see a prediction of his death that is to come. Um, and, how, and these things uh, are, are related, uh, just as Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many, we see both in the first part of the text and at the end, um, Our purpose as his followers, as his disciples, is to give, is to serve. It's it's not to try to be served, but it is to serve. Let's go ahead and dig into our text, beginning in verse 17, and I'll read through verse 29, or 28, one or the other. And Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. He took the twelve disciples aside And on the way, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that those two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink that cup which I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and At my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear, and hearts to understand and obey your word. Lord, give me strength and grace and help me as I open up your word, Lord, I pray that your spirit would unite with your word and Lord, that um, Lord, you would work among us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Begins, Jesus had just told the disciples at the end of the last passage, so the last will be first and the first last. And I think what Jesus here is saying at the beginning of this text is showing that in his own life. He 
is getting ready to go to Jerusalem. Now, we here at our time of year, we're thinking about Christmas, but Christmas and Easter are so connected. In order for God to become, in order for Him to come and die on the cross for us, He had to come, become man first. And at Christmas time, we celebrate His becoming man. And at Easter, we celebrate His death on the cross and resurrection for us. And so I don't think it's inappropriate to look at the cross even at Christmas time because they are so tied together. But Jesus predicts the cross, and this is his third time. The first time that he did so was in chapter 16. Whenever he said that the Son of Man had to suffer, he was interrupted by Peter, and Peter was saying, No, don't let it happen. I I won't let it happen, Peter said. But Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're saying. The second time it happened, Jesus, he, he predicted his cross that would come, and the disciples were greatly distressed. And here we see whenever Jesus predicts this cross and resurrection, it almost goes right over their heads. He talks about the fact that he has suffering coming. And the next thing we see, the disciples are arguing about who gets to sit next to him. The disciples still didn't get it. So as Jesus was going to Jerusalem, he was headed there. It was very soon that he would go to the cross. He was headed to Jerusalem for this last time before the cross. He, he took his 12 disciples aside and on the way he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and when we get there, this is not so often some distant future for them. This is, this is like the coming weeks. When we get there, the Son of Man, and of course that's himself talking about, him talking about himself, when he says the Son of Man, he's talking about, that's me. That's Jesus. That's, and, and the Son of Man has all that imagery of Daniel chapter 7, of the Son of Man who came before the Ancient of Days and was given a kingdom and power and authority. The Son of Man... The Messiah will be delivered over to the chief priests. He'll be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death unjustly. And they'll deliver him over to the Gentiles. He'll be legally condemned. He'll be delivered over to the Gentiles because... The Jews did not have the ability to crucify someone. It had to be the Romans who would do that. To be mocked and flogged and crucified. And the disciples, if if he would just have stopped at that point, maybe they would have said what Peter said at the very beginning. No! But he follows that up, he will be raised again on the third day. Now, the disciples don't get it. Jesus here is talking about the cross. He's talking about the suffering that he's about to come and that he's about to go through. He's weeks away from experiencing this, and James and, Je- James and John, their mother, 
James and John, the sons of Zebedee, these fishermen, their mother comes to Jesus and asks, can my sons sit on your right and on your left? Talk about missing the point. (laughs) Jesus is talking about the cross. He's talking about how he's going to come and die. And she's asking, can her son sit on the right and the left? They still expected an earthly Messiah. They still expected a Messiah who would come and rout out the Romans and set up an earthly kingdom. And she thought, boy, I could get my boys in on the Messiah's good side. To sit on him there, his right and his left. And Jesus answers, you don't know what you're asking. She really didn't know what she was asking. First of all, he's not the kind of Messiah that she was expecting. She, he was not the kind of Messiah that even the, the disciples were still expecting. But also, he follows that up with saying, Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? Now, we know from many, many passages in the Old Testament, not just Jeremiah, the passage that Ron read from, but uh, Isaiah talked about this and other, other prophets talked about the fact that the cup is the cup of God's wrath. And God would pour out His wrath upon the people. He would pour that out upon His own people. And then but He used the nations to come and judge His own people. And then He would judge the nations for, judging his, for, for their mistreatment of His people. He would pour out the wrath upon them. And one passage says that it would pour it all out all the way to the dregs, down to the very bottom, the pulp that had settled down to the bottom, the part that nobody really wanted. It would all be poured out. The very last drop. There was nothing left. It was all poured out. When Jesus said, are they able to drink of my cup? That's what he had in mind. Because Jesus had just said, I'm going to be delivered over to the Gentiles and I'm going to be mocked and flogged and crucified. That's the cup that Jesus was talking about. The cup that he had just talked about in the last few verses. He was going to endure the wrath of God on the cross. That was His mission. He came to die on the cross and be raised again for us. And they were thinking about who gets to sit next to Him in the kingdom. We look at that and we see the disciples acting that way and we, we can probably kind of look down on the disciples for that, but aren't we sometimes the same way? We think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. And then we try to jockey for position and try to make power moves and try to get ourselves into the best position or maybe manipulate people in it. Thankfully, I don't see much of that here at Redeemer, but it happens in churches and places.
Jesus talks of this cup and he asks, are they able to drink of the cup that he's to drink? And they still don't get it because they say, yeah, we're able. Maybe they, they thought he was just speaking of a, of a cup that they would share a common cup at a meal together, but they didn't get it. We're able. And he said to them, you will drink of my cup. Jesus predicted that they would suffer as well. They would suffer just like he did. We know that James was the first martyr among the apostles as Herod took James and beheaded him. John, the apostle, was not martyred, yet he was put into exile and on the Isle of Patmos, and he suffered there in exile where he wrote the book of Revelation. Yes, they would drink of his cup. Yes, they would drink of his cup, and also they would drink of the new covenant in his blood. We just took the Lord's Supper last week. And as they drank the cup there at the Last Supper, just a few weeks after this took place, they partook in Him. As they ate the bread and they drank of the cup, they were participating in Christ. They were receiving the food that He gives and the drink that He gives in His blood. They said to Him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink My cup. But to sit at my right hand or, right, or my, at my left is not mine to grant. I think this points to the fact that there are distinct things that are done by the different persons in the Trinity. As God worked in the counsel of God in the Trinity, He worked our salvation. The Father, it was His plan. From all eternity, He planned to send His Son to die in our place. It was His plan. The cross was God's idea. The Father planned to send His Son to die in our place. And He planned. He didn't save any of us by accident. He didn't. Well, none of us, when we got saved, did God say, whoops, I didn't mean for that to happen. No, He planned every bit of it. And God has planned every place or position that He will put us into. And Jesus, He was the one who was sent. He was sent to die in our place. He was the one who was the Redeemer. And as He went away, as He he ascended into heaven after the resurrection, He sent another Comforter. He sent the Holy Spirit who lives within us now. Each member of the Trinity does different things. They do different works within our salvation. They're all working together. There is one God, and yet there are three persons. And Jesus recognized this distinction and said... It's the Father who chooses who's next to me. It's not for me to do so at the whim of some mother's request. Verse 24, And when the ten heard it, oh, they began to get jealous. 
The rest of the ten heard about what these other disciples were asking for, what James and John were asking for through their mother. And they became indignant with the two brothers. They were jealous. What do you mean? Asking Jesus if you can be at His right hand or His left. And Jesus calms their indignant jealousy. And He tells them, My kingdom is not like the kingdom of this world. The Gentiles in this world, you put up a ruler in charge and He may be abusive. He uses His power for Himself. But in My kingdom, Jesus says, that's not that way. In Jesus' kingdom, He says, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. You want to be great? Then become the servant. The word there is uh, the word for deacon. Now, deacon, we must remember, is a serving role. It is not a power role. It is not some kind of position of authority. It is a serving role. When we talk about serving, it is, it is it's not some kind of position. It's not some kind of power, but it is making ourselves low. It is humbling. It is humiliating ourselves to serve. Verse 27, And whoever would be the first among you would, must become your slave. And that word is doulos. Not the word deacon, but the word doulos. It's a... Uh, a bond slave. If we want to become great, then we must be the slaves of Jesus. And then he gives the reason. Even as the Son of Man, that's saying Jesus, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why is it that in Jesus' kingdom that the first will be last, that the greatest will be the least, that the greatest will be a servant and a slave? Why is it? Because we're following Jesus' pattern. Jesus did not come into this earth. He was not born into a manger in Bethlehem in order to have everyone come and give Him everything. He didn't come for the glory of man the first time. The first time He came lowly, a baby in a manger, a fugitive from Herod. He was put in a manger where animals feed out of. He came to serve. He came to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus did not come into the world so that while He was here physically, people would give Him a claim. But no, He came for the express purpose to give His life as a ransom. Now what is that? We think of a ransom, maybe a movie where uh, someone uh, is, is kidnapped and taken away and they have to pay a ransom in order to, um, to get that person back. 
That raises the question, well, who's the ransom paid to? And you know, there's all kinds of theological writings over the year. The one who the ransom paid to is God Himself. That's who we owe because of our sin. Our sin. We have, we have rebelled against God in so many ways. We are by nature children of wrath. We are sinners by choice and by birth. We deserve the wrath of God. We deserve the cup. And Jesus drank it. We deserve the wrath of God. And Jesus took it upon Himself. He took the cup and He drank it down all Himself. All of God's wrath was poured out on Jesus for many. Not all are saved. But only those who place their faith in Jesus. Only those who have trusted in Him. All those who believe may come. And only those who believe may come. Whosoever will believe may come. Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath. He drank it all down, even to the very dregs. All of it, the bitter part at the very bottom. He drank it all for you. He drank it for you. Because we were not capable of doing it. If the wrath of God were poured out on us, we could not stand. God loved us so much that the Father sent the Son into the world to be our ransom. He paid it all at the cross. He rose again, as He said in verse 19. He would rise again on the third day. And He did! He rose again! Jesus is alive today! He didn't die again. But no, He ascended into heaven where He is there now seated at the right hand of the Father. James and John asked to be seated at the right hand or the left hand of Jesus. But Jesus, right now, this very moment, is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. He prays for us. He is our advocate. And when we sin, Jesus says to the Father, that is taken care of in my blood. I died for that. He is our advocate. He is our lawyer before the Father saying, count what He's doing or she is doing to my account. To sum all this up, in Jesus' kingdom, the first will be the last. If you want to be great, become small. Just like Jesus did. He went to the cross. And just as at this time of the year, we think about it, He became a tiny little baby in Bethlehem. For you and for me.
you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.